Welcome to season four of Project Freelance. How's it going, guys? I hope your January went well. I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope your 2019 goals are written down and you are ready to conquer this year. 2019, I think, needs to be a year that mental health is really important. Um, and not that this podcast is about that, but I feel like mental health plays a part in most of the freelancing sectors in the world. Uh, whether it be music or real estate or if you're a video editor and you edit music videos, mental health comes into play because we don't take care of ourselves enough. So I think 2019 should be really focused on your personal mental health. Um, take some time for yourself. Remember that your brain needs you as well. So take care of it. This week on the podcast, I have Josh Adams on, and Josh is a videographer for several bands. He's been on a couple tours, and uh, I wanted him to come on to give you guys some tips for touring. So we talk about uh, five tour tips, and we talk about five tips for shooting live shows. Hopefully, these tips will help you guys out. I wanted to focus this episode a little bit more on what Josh thinks makes touring easier and makes his job as a videographer easier so that you guys that do shoot live shows, you can get some tips you need that you maybe didn't even know about. Josh also carries his lenses in a fanny pack and that kind of inspired me to create a no tracers fanny pack. So there are fanny packs that are camera bags that are available for you to purchase if you would like one. I thought that that would be a fun little thing to do for 2019. So if you guys want to get a fanny pack, a No Tracers fanny pack, No Tracers is effectively the brand name my photo and video work is under, by the way. So yeah, leave No Trace and uh, check out this podcast. Thanks for listening. Give it a rating. Give it a review. Let me know what you guys think. And be sure to subscribe, turn on your notifications, do whatever you need to do to make sure that you get the podcast weekly. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. This is season four of Project Freelance. Josh, take it away. Um, so my name is Josh Adams, and um, I'm a, I would say, videographer more than a photographer, um, but I do both. Um, and I work with several um, music groups and do some some road content for them um and then i've also started to work with a few record labels to do um stuff in between uh tour content i guess very cool so how did you get into uh music in the first place like before videography before any of that came into play how did you get into live music and and into you know the scene that you're in so i actually um I grew up, I'm not religious anymore, but I grew up in a super religious house, which I feel like that, you know, it's usually the way it goes. You grow up in a super religious house and then you're not religious anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so my, uh, my parents were super into the whole thing um, and we would go to church like twice a week, every single week. Um, and I can say the only good thing that came out of that was that... Um, they got me into like playing music because um, I started playing drums for like the the church band there. Um, and so and my dad played my dad had always played like the guitar and the bass. So he was always into music. Um, and <clears throat> from there, I started getting into like heavier music. And um, as I know, a lot of other people were in the same situation, like if you if you're growing up in like a Christian household, there's there's like 
Christian metal bands that your your parents can somehow wrap their head around you listening to them, you know, because um, they're definitely not on board with with like heavier music. But I was able to like um, if I could show them like, oh, this, you know, this metal band is like a Christian band, then they would um, they would be OK with letting me like go to that concert. Um, so we're talking like like for today and like under oath, like those kind of. Yes. Bands. Got you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I would start, I started going to, um, like smaller shows, um, of that kind of genre when I was maybe like 14 or 15, I want to say. Um, and yeah, that's how I, uh, I, 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 I think I wanted to be a musician, um, when I was like a teenager, but, um, I kind of like ended up falling in love with this side of the things more. Um, but I think in the back of my head, like ever since I was a kid, I knew that I wanted to do something with music, you know, regardless of what it was. When did you pick up a camera? When was your first time shooting something? And, and when did you start bringing it into, into live music? Um, so I did, um, when I was in high school, I like accidentally took a video class because um, they had to fill in your like electives you know um so they just ended up putting me in this video class um and the teacher was like still to this day probably my most favorite teacher of all time um and I ended up taking uh I ended up taking every single video class like I fell in love with it right away and every class that the school offered I ended up taking it um and the teacher was just amazing like he uh he just like really he really cared um and he even like he was getting some of us um local jobs like around the city like if somebody wanted a commercial done um he would tell them like hey are you know we have some students over here that can do some work for you and they would you they would pay us a little bit or it would just be like you know job experience um but he like he he just he really cared about showing us that you can make this into a career. It's not just some like stupid kids running around with the camera, you know? Um, so that's how I got into it in high school. And then <clears throat> after high school, I ended up going to a film school in Ventura called Brooks, which is no longer there anymore. Um, and so I went there for like, um like film film like nothing music related they were teaching us about like uh like motion picture stuff basically um and that was cool but definitely like was missing the music aspect of everything um and so when I was there they had like an internship program where they hook you up with like you know as as colleges do I guess um hook you up with like other businesses that are looking for people um and one of them was uh do you know the the drum company dw yeah of course yeah so they actually just so happened to be based out of uh ventura as well um and so they were looking for somebody to go into their music department or into their uh marketing department um and so i was like this job is perfect and uh started working there and one of their sound engineers that used to work there, he would just come in every now and then, now and again, 
um, he was a touring front of house guy and um, him and I became friends when he would come in there and we'd see each other every once in a while. And uh, in 2015, um, he was about to do a big summer tour and uh, they were looking for somebody to come along and he knew what I was capable of doing. And he like took a big chance on me and I was, I was 20 at the time. Um, so he took like a really big chance on me and took me out on a tour with them. Um, and I basically just knew after that tour that that's like what I wanted to do for work. And what, what band was that with? I was with a pop singer. Her name's, uh, Colby Calais. Oh, and I know. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, it was a cool tour. It was like a co-headliner with her and, uh, Christina Perry. And it was, it was a big deal to me that like I had, you know, I had no touring experience, um, at all, but I think he just trusted that, um, that I would be like open to learning and like try my hardest to not, you know, to try my hardest to do the best job that I possibly could. Um, and yeah, to this day, I still like, I consider him, uh, like a mentor to me and it yeah it means a lot to me that he helped me out like that yeah that's rad um okay i'm trying to find our little list here all right so i've had josh come up with five tips for touring so i'm gonna have him go ahead and uh unpack those and tell tell you guys a little bit about his tips for touring all right so these i guess these are not in necessarily any like order of importance um but yeah there's just five in no particular order so the first one i put was just like uh take care of yourself physically and mentally um you know like i think uh i think a lot of people will assume that it, i mean i'm sure you get this all the time where people are like oh like you work out on the road, like you're just like partying and having fun all the time, right? It's like, so what your job is. Um, and it's not like it's, a, you know, you're working uh, a lot of hours and some days there's, yeah, some days there's less work, but other days there's even longer work than you would be doing if you had like an office job or whatever, you know? Mm. Uh, so as a videographer, what, what are you doing for like long, you know, those, the full day? Like what is your, what, what does a typical day with you look like? So I really like to, um, I really like to capture more like behind the scenes stuff than, um, than stage stuff even. Um, cause I feel like that's the kind of like the, the everyday behind the scenes stuff that goes on with the band is really what, interests people a little bit more because I feel like the show it's good to show a little bit of the show just to get people excited about going to see it um but not too much of it and so I try to spend as much time as I can hanging out with the band during the day so I'll wake up most I mean it depends on who you're out with but in my experience most uh band people wake up at like one o'clock in the afternoon or later <laughs> um, and so I try to get up um, a little bit earlier in the morning um, so I have time to, you know, 
answer emails, get some edits done, go get some coffee. Um, it's like all those things. I try to get up at like eight, anywhere between eight and 10, um, take care of all that stuff. And then, um, once, and then also I like to like wander around the venue a little bit in the morning. Um, and you can just see like, if there's anything cool. If there's any like interesting spots that you can shoot at around there. Um, so that by the time the band guys are up, you can tell them like, Hey, um, you know, there's this, this bridge right down the street from the venue today. If you guys want to run out there and we can get some cool shots and, you know, um, do all of that. And then sometime in the afternoon, it's always different. Um, they'll go do their sound check. Um, so I like to go out and shoot that. Um, it's usually, usually some, something good that comes out of that. Uh, and then after that, you know, the, their set time, set time will always change again. Um, and then it depends on if you're working for more than one band out there or not. Um, so just the getting ready for the show after that, shooting the show. And then, um, I usually like to, um, even if I don't start editing things in the same night, I like to get all the stuff off of my card onto my computer and organized in the same exact night so that there's like no chance whatsoever of, of anything getting lost or getting corrupted. Um, and then that were way you too, formatting like, a card and forgetting that you didn't yes. get your shit off of the card. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you know, the struggle. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I think it's just it's such a it's a good thing to do, especially because you know just like you said, like you can once it's there on your drive organized, you can kind of, like you don't have to make the mental note anymore of like oh don't use that card or like don't touch that card, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's a. It's kind of like I I feel like with with what we do like um the schedule is so based on um on just what different things are are happening each individual day because most people have like they have the schedule of like um i don't mean to compare jobs at all but all i'm saying is like most people will have their day sheet and it's like this time is load in this time is um you know lunch this time is sound check blah 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 um but our schedule is kind of based just more around like what's happening that i can capture at this particular spot at this particular time um so it's just it's it's more of like you just kind of stay on your toes throughout the whole day without trying to like overdo anything um but yeah, I think it's just knowing that it's just important to like take care of yourself, take vitamins, drink water, try to work out if you can. Um, stretching is a big thing. It's a big thing I found out on this last tour and I felt like such a, I felt like such a weenie, like, uh, I, one day <laughs> my, uh, one day my wrist like started hurting really bad. Um, felt like I had sprained something and I was like oh it it hurts from me 
holding my camera so much like why how am I injured from holding a camera <laughs> but it, it happens you know it's just overuse of that muscle and then being on your computer all the time too um just like the you know it strains your wrists strains your shoulders it strains everything more than you would think it would so like stretching out and taking care of your your body is uh it's like an underrated thing that's super important i feel like <laughs> Yeah, I think videographers tend to forget that your camera gear can get heavy if you hold it out in front of you for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's quite quite the interesting muscle group that you're using when you're holding a camera. It's like very like I get a lot of like trap like lower trap pain. Oh god, mm-hmm. so bad. Got to stretch Absolutely. it out, guys. Stretch it out. Always stretch it out. Yeah, because it's not something you think about until it hurts, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's very important. Um, all right, let's see. Oh, okay, so I guess one of my one of my other five tips kind of went along with what we were talking about is um, just saying, like, don't let, your, don't let your personal schedule supersede what the tour schedule is. Because um, <clears throat> I've, heard, I've heard plenty of stories of, like, um, people going out to eat or like doing their laundry or whatever it is when they were supposed to like shoot a meet and greet, you know? Um, and so it's important to, like I said, like, you know, fix your schedule up to where you have time to take care of yourself, but also just don't be like, be smart with it. You know, don't, uh, don't go off and do something. Don't go to the gym when you know that you're supposed to be shooting, um, you know, their sound check or whatever it is. Budgeting wise, like, do you, so like, say you're on tour, you're shooting videos, blah, 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 whatever. And the label hits you up and they're like, Hey, we need photos for this, whatever the fuck. Do you charge the label separately for those? Yes. Or is that included in your tour price? I would think, um, like it's important to get down in writing what the what they're looking for at the beginning of the tour and then anything that was not discussed at the beginning should be an additional um payment for sure yeah and i think it depends too because sometimes uh you know depending on like if they're paying you well enough and they've told you ahead of time like we just kind of want you to do whatever we need during this time then it might all be included but i would say for the most part if it's outside of what they discussed previously, it should be, should be an additional charge. Ooh, I made this little list of unconventional items to bring. These are uh, things, yeah. yeah. (laughs) These things that I like never would have thought of um, in the beginning, but now, now I've seen other people do this um, and whatnot. And it just, uh, yeah, these weird things that are, are good to bring along. First one is dryer sheets. Uh, for you can use them in your laundry, but uh, people, for some reason, like I, it happens to me too. My feet don't really stink that bad when I'm at home, but <laughs> when I'm on the road, my feet start smelling really bad. Um, so a way you can kind of prevent that, uh, that I found out is just get get like two or three dryer sheets, uh, stick them inside of your shoes when you sleep at night, and it usually keeps them smelling pretty pretty fine um and that's important too because everybody else is trying to hide their 
feet smell as well. So you don't want to be the one person whose foot smell sticks out, you know? <laughs> uh, so dryer sheets is a big one. Um, oh, uh, it's like a smaller shower bag and flip-flops is important. Because um, depending on depending on where who you're out with, where you are, what venues you're playing, the shower situation is uh, it's not usually like cut and dry. So um, sometimes you'll have to walk a long way to to find the shower. Sometimes it's uh, it's like dirty in there, whatever it is. So not having to bring your whole bag is good and then not having to like wear your shoes out there is good too so shower bag and flops makes a big difference um dude i remember my first pair i remember my first pair of tour flip-flops man i loved those things (laughs) fucking like it's a big deal when you find like that right pair of flops you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's always in a walmart in the middle of america where you find them mine were like detroit tigers fucking (laughs) (laughs) flip-flops so comfy so comfy until the dog ate them (laughs) oh no oh terrible for some reason dogs find like the most random things delicious <laughs> they like that foot stank you know <laughs> yes this is true <laughs> but yeah it really is a game changer like you don't you don't think about how useful they are until you you have that pair you know <laughs> it changes everything uh if you're in a in either like a bandwagon or a sprinter or a bus um bring a sheet and an extra pillow because they'll usually just give you a blanket and for some reason, having a sheet and a blanket is just, I, I've been able to fall asleep a lot easier having those two. Um, and then an extra pillow also helps just because uh, regardless of what you're riding in, the bunks are going to be um, tighter than what you're used to sleeping sleeping in a home. So um, having a second pillow just helps you to be able to like situate yourself uh, more comfortable situation um and sometimes like sometimes buses will have extra pillows and you don't need to bring one but um i would always just bring one just to have it don't you want to bring your pillow from home anyway like isn't that like that's an important like valuable item to bring on tours is exactly and and i feel like how could you over people overlook it like you overlook bringing a pillow (laughs) and they do it's so true dude it's so true (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, right, I need a pillow. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait. <laughs> the thing that I use every single night. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he's right, yeah, you I have less like... space. You have much less space in your coffin bed than you do at home, so get, exactly. get an extra pillow. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all of these things, too, like some people might hear these and be like, Oh, obviously, obviously. And they, they might be obvious, but there might, they might not be, <laughs> you know, fanny pack is a great one to have. Um, I used to like the first couple of tours that I did, I would carry around my entire backpack with me, um, like everywhere, which is fine if you want to have all of your stuff with you. Um, but me personally, it just got like, um, it got tiresome just carrying this like heavy backpack everywhere that I went. And now I just have like a 
it's a bigger size fanny pack, but I can keep uh, extra batteries, extra cards, like a lens wipe, and then an extra lens in there. Um, and that's been, it's been so much better just to be able to carry around my camera. And then I have two lenses, extra batteries, everything I need. And I don't, I can leave my backpack back somewhere else. So what you're saying is I need to make no tracers themed fanny packs with like camera inserts is what you're saying. Yes. Oh (laughs) my God. That'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Like a camera bag fanny pack. It's 2019. Why isn't this a thing? <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm, get, I'm on it. Yes. I'm on it. Link's do. in the description. Link is in the description. <laughs> yeah. I'm already, it's existing. It exists. Go get one right now. We're fucking doing this. Fanny pack I camera packs. I already got it. They're done. <laughs> this podcast comes out in like mid January, so it's just enough time for me to figure this yeah. out. Bam, there it is. Fanny pack camera bags 2019 coming your way. Go get them. Link in the description. <laughs> I will sing your praises and tell every single person I know. <laughs> yes. <God. laughs> yeah, that, that, I, that really is like, it's so huge. And I've started to see more and more photographers with like little, little shoulder fanny packs, like whatever it is, just a little smaller bag that you could have on you to not have to like constantly be running back to your backpack or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of a brilliant idea. You don't think about it because you're like, fanny packs are fucking ridiculous. But then <laughs> yeah. you realize that they actually do have a purpose if you use them. So, exactly. yeah, camera bag fanny packs. <laughs> there we go. Go get them, guys. That's such a good idea. God, it that's is. such a good idea. I love it. This is beautiful. Okay, next tip. This is great. I need to. <laughs> These are great I'm tips. So These glad are glad that you're, yes. <laughs> this is making me happy. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, and this is the last thing on the list. I, went, I wanted to come up with more, but. I was like blanking on it. The last one is uh, like a, a some sort of surge protector or like an extension cord that has a couple extra outlets. Um, I've used that like I use it every single day because you're you're sharing if you're inside of the venue or if you're on the bus or wherever you are, you're generally like sharing a smaller space with a lot of people. Like that's just what being on a tour is. So you don't want to be the asshole that's plugged into three different outlets, you know, taking up all the the power (laughs) wherever you are. So if you, and especially like you never know what the outlets are either. Like, so if you want to sit on the couch with the outlets on the other side of the room, I'm just making a sales pitch for an extension cord right now. <laughs> Home Depot. Sponsor Home Depot. this podcast. Shout out to Home Depot. <laughs> the best surge protector selection in the game. They, they got them, guys. They got them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's huge. I actually, um, one of the bands that I went out with, uh, the guitar player, he he was like always using he was always asking me if he could use my extension cord um and he he, he ended up getting his own he's just like i i never thought about how many outlets i use every single where every single place that we go to <laughs> so it's important to have one of those with you it makes a big difference yeah there's definitely never enough 
power to go around when you're I think in any situation really like I typically always have you know some sort of surge protector on me for that exact reason just because like there's never going to be an outlet like there's never going to be enough outlets oh yeah exactly (laughs) like on my tech rider is like surge protectors at the top (laughs) very nice yeah it's so necessary yeah and if you yeah you think about you have your you have your computer, you have your batteries, maybe your cell phone, maybe one of your drives needs power, like right if you're like necessary. running an SSD drive, something like that, yeah, you're going to need exactly. extra power. So my last one would be this yeah, this one's super important. Um I would say like make sure that make sure that you're always under the impression or you always like know that you'll never know everything and that nobody likes to be around somebody who acts like they do know everything. Um, like there's people that have been touring for 30 years and they still don't know everything. Um, and most of them will say that, you know? Um, so I think like, um, like I told you with, with the first tour that I ever went on, um, I had never toured before. So there was a part of me that there was a part of me that like just to assure other people that I was competent, I needed to like pretend like I knew what was up a little bit. Um, Cause you don't, you know, you don't want to do the complete opposite and just like let everybody know that you don't know what's up. But uh, so you have to pretend a little bit that you are confident and everything. But at the same time, like I was asking people, so many questions um and if if somebody even if i felt like i knew how to do something if somebody else told me a different way of doing it i would still listen to them i wouldn't argue with people um there's just i just feel like you have your your career can grow so much faster if you're just open to listening to what everybody has to say um like Sully, for example, like Sully, somebody who we talked about earlier, both know the guy. Um, he's like one of the coolest people ever. And he's been on the road for about 30 years. Um, and he's a person who will he's a person who has like no ego about anything. Like he's been out with huge bands throughout his whole career. And he he's the person that will see like anybody on the tour and be like hey good morning like what's up like he'll he'll talk to everybody and um if if he has the time you know he'll if you want some advice he'll he'll talk i don't want (laughs) to set him up to have people asking him a bunch of questions but like he just he has so much he has so much experience to to offer and um i just think it's so important that like it's nice of these people to even offer any kind of advice that they have, you know, cause they could just shut themselves down if they wanted to and keep doing what they do. But I think if anybody wants to take the time out to like, um, give you some, some pointers, just listen to them. It's so important to not act like, Oh yeah, I, I already know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For listeners who don't know, Sully is the head of security for the Vans warp tour. Um, and he, Right now is working with Five Finger Death Punch. I created a documentary about him 
while it was on Warp Tour, actually. So if you guys want to get to know a little bit more about Sully, I'll put that link down below as well. Um, but yeah, he's an absolutely incredible individual and he keeps keeps you safe at shows. So be sure to thank security guards, guys. They're there to protect you, even if they can be dicks sometimes. Even even I've seen people get upset and I, I have done before where like, a security guard that you've seen four times that day will be like, where's your credentials? And you're like, right here for the fifth time. But in the end of it, it's good that they are keeping you safe. They're protecting your gear that's backstage and they, they have your best interest. Most of the time they have your best interest in mind. <laughs> um, yeah, that was all, uh, that was all I had for, uh, the five tips for touring. The last one's the greatest. Don't be a dick. That's that's it. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> Let's do your five tips for shooting live shows. So my first one, and again, these ones are not um, not in any particular order of importance. Um, uh, my first one would be get as many different angles and perspectives as you possibly can. Um, some... I know it's hard sometimes if you find like if you find a spot in the venue that has amazing lighting and like just the way the backlight's hitting that one spot is crazy or whatever it is. Um, and you want to just stand there and plant yourself and shooting from there it might be tempting, but um, I think in the end, in order, like your job basically is to um, create like a, a visual representative of what the show was for people that were not there, you know? Um, so I think going up into the stands and like taking pictures from the pit, taking pictures from backstage, uh, going into the crowd, taking pictures from there, just like getting as many different angles of the room as possible is super important. Um, and especially like, if you're shooting video, it makes a huge difference because you can create, um, you can create like more of a space and more of a story to it. Um, if you're showing like what was going on in all different areas of the room, um, instead of only having shots from the pit, which I understand sometimes is, is you have to sometimes we're, uh, you know, depending on what their rules are, but, um, if you can, say get as many get in as many different spots of the room as you can shoot with as many different lenses as you can um let's see next one would be um i think when you when you send photos to people um this goes for if you're on the road with a band or if you're shooting uh shooting a show locally and you're you're maybe like wanting to start a relationship with the band's manager or with the venue management, whatever it is. Um, I think when you send pictures to people, a lot of times less is more. Um, Cause if you send, if you send somebody a folder that has like 80 shots that you took that night, um, number one, I think there's, there's, there's no way that like, all 80 of those are your best shots. Um, and number two, 
I don't think anybody really wants to sit there and like scroll through a Dropbox through of 80 shots, especially if there's like other people that shot the show that night or whatever it is. Um, I just don't think people want to take the time to do that. So I would say, you know, choose, choose your best, like 10 to 20, maybe 30, um, 30 absolute max, just choose choose less be a little bit more particular with the shots that you choose to edit and send um and make sure that you're just representing your work in in the best in the best light possible um i think it's even more it's even more important to do that in the scenario that i was saying like when you're just out there trying to start a relationship with the manager because if you give them a smaller number of shots that are just really good, then that might give them the feeling of like, these are great. I want to see more of what this person can do. Um, instead of the flip side, if you send them, you know, 120 shots, then they're like, they're, they're not going to give it enough time <laughs> as it, as it, as you'd like them to, you know? And I think 30 shots, I don't want to say it's like an industry standard, but it almost feels like it is because that's typically, I mean, from what I know and from what I've heard from other photographers, it's between 30 and 35 is your like maximum, you know, amount of shots that you're going to send off to your band. Because I mean, like you got to think about it. Nobody's like, like Josh just said, like nobody wants to sit there and scroll through 85 photos that are all similar when you have, you know, 30 of them that are you know, better. And maybe there's like, you know, five band members, they have like five photos each or whatever, something like that, you know, like that, that can help you like narrow down your, your search and your selection process. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like you said too, like if you, if, uh, you know, if you're shooting at a high, high speed and you have five shots that are basically the same, don't edit all five of them and send them like choose the one that really represents what you're trying to show the best and and send that one you know the other three that i wrote down were more video geared is that okay yeah yeah okay cool so um so tips if you're if you're like a videographer for doing some live stuff um i would say one of the biggest ones is um make sure that you shoot with a reason um i was i know i had never really thought about it this way but um it was like two years ago um one of the guitar players for one of the bands that I was out with asked me like um he basically just asked me like when you when you shoot stuff do you already know how you're gonna use it like when you're getting a certain angle do you do you know how you're gonna place it into the final project or like where it's gonna go like basically are you shooting already knowing what this is for and I was like, I kind of realized, like, no, I'm not. I'm just kind of running around pressing record uh, when I think it looks cool, you know, <laughs> um, which is fine depending on the scenario. But I think if you're if you're out on the road with the band, it's 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 makes a big difference to, like, have a game plan of what the video that you're going to make is and then get shots geared towards what that idea already is um like i like to get i like to get uh it out for me before each show and then i'll take notes on like what 
if there's a specific part of this song that I want to get or like where I want to be with what lens at this point. You don't have to get super detailed, but I think it helps just to have a game plan for the show of what you're going to shoot and then a game plan ahead of time of like how I'm going to use these clips, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I know what you're talking about. You just like run around and you like try to get as much as possible and you don't really like process like, okay, wait, but why am I filming this? Like you need to have a why for, for what you're doing. And for me personally, like I always tell people that I film things backwards. So like, before I even push record, like I already have the entire video edited in my head. I already know what it's going to look like. And I just have to like reverse engineer and like get those shots that I'm going to place in there. And that's just like personally how my brain works, like in a creative way, um, is I just, I just have to see everything finished before it's even started because it's the only thing that makes sense to me. It's like creating a movie that you already have the script to basically, but it's like real life documentary stuff with no script. Well, that's beautiful. And I think that's like, that's what makes you a storyteller is that you see, you you can see like the end game in your head and you're not just putting together like a random montage, you know? Yeah, definitely. So this, the the next one kind of goes along with that. Um, Another video tip is to make sure that you're, you're creating um, and like building a story in your video instead of, um, just kind of like picking a cool song of theirs and putting putting music or putting like clips kind of randomly over the music like you don't have to I don't know I guess it's all personal preference it's all what the band wants you to make but um for for like the specific scenario when you're on the road as a videographer and they want you to make recap videos um I've been trying to do more, like, I've been trying to think of them more as miniature documentaries as opposed to a recap video of, of, of the show or the day. Um, because I think that it's just, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like, if you can create a story of what was going on throughout that week um, and then create, like, create an experience out of the video. Um, I think people will latch on to that a lot more. Um, and just like music, I think a way to capture people's attention too is think of it how like, you know, music a lot of times will have some sort of intro. Maybe it's like a soft beginning and then there's a buildup and then there's the big climax of the song and then there's like a decrescendo at the end. It's in the your I think your visuals should be like that as well, like kind of draw people in at the beginning um, in somewhere in the middle, make their a big put in a big climax scene and then try basically like instead of having the video like in your face nonstop the whole time, I think it's important to like, you know, make a climax, make a like low point, like just add some more emotion to it and i think thinking of it like thinking of it as more of a miniature documentary as opposed to just a recap video helps helps you to like build more of a of a story into what you're doing yeah i think it's important um so are you are you doing uh dailies or weeklies or both 
Um, so it depends. Um, I started off doing daily videos. Um, and I just actually on the recent tour that I was on, I also did daily videos. Um, but I'm not trying to not do that anymore. Um, and uh, I booked another tour for for this upcoming January um, with uh, this band called Census Fail, who I've worked with a couple times before. And so thankfully we have a relationship to where they originally wanted, um, they originally wanted daily videos for this upcoming tour. And I just kind of told them that like, um, I understand why, why management companies and label companies might want daily videos just to have like content on hand, I guess. Um, I understand it, but I think if you really want to create something that's memorable to people, um, you should let me put together a longer video that is based off of what happened throughout that week. And that way I can create like an experience for people. And I think I can, I think it utilizes my skill set better because I can spend more time on making it as perfect as it possibly can be. Um, and then I think for the band as well, it, uh, it represents them better and it tells a little bit more about their story than just like um just a quick recap video of the day um so i've done i've done a lot of daily videos before but i'm trying to not really do that anymore it's also a pretty quick way to burn yourself out going that route i did it (laughs) yes well that's one of the things i told them i told them too um is it just gets so it gets so repetitive. Like there's only so many things that you can do creatively to make it different. But in the end, you're recording the same people with the same show each night. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be repetitive. Somebody brought up to me, they were like, well, you know, people's, uh, people's attention spans just aren't what they used to be nowadays. You know, that's why we like the the shorter daily videos because people don't have the attention span. Um, but my response to that is like, you've heard of, of, of binge watching on Netflix, right? Like everybody binges TV shows and movies. People definitely have the, the, uh, the attention span to sit down and watch something if it's good. So if you show them something, like if you're making daily videos, it's going to be repetitive and it's going to be similar. Each video is going to be similar to the last one. So that's something that somebody might like start the video and be like, Oh, well I've seen this three times already, so I'm not going to finish it. But if you are giving them like a weekly recap video, then it's something that's brand new and different and cool. And it's something that if you make it well enough, then people will be like, okay, I'm going to invest the next three minutes of my life to, to have this experience of what this video is trying to, to say you know yeah i agree and i mean i used to make daily vlogs i did a thousand in a row and like wow and then like i realized like oh god i need to (laughs) i was actually in the middle of a tour and i was like i can't fucking do this anymore yeah it was it was crazy but yeah i mean like you do run out of content you run out of things to say every single day i mean but when you are on tour at least like we have there's like a lot more going on all the time so there's more to capture and like I think personally now, like just seeing the way that um, not only my personal audience has shifted, but like the way I think um, 
like attention spans, like not only that, but the way we consume content is very different now than it was even like a year ago. And even from like a marketing perspective, like people used to be more apt to click on like ads and, and videos and photos that had a bunch of text on them that said a bunch of shit. And now it's the complete opposite. Like the more text you have, the less, the less, uh, success you're going to have in your like ad campaign, just because people now see a lot of text as, Oh, you're trying to advertise something at me. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't even want to click on it. And I think it's the same with like daily content. Like people used to love dailies, but now I think, um, the YouTube audience itself is like growing up and we're becoming older. And so now we have jobs and we have all these things. So we don't have time every single day to like sit down and watch like a 10 minute YouTube video, you know? And so, so now there's a lot more creators doing like two or three a week instead of dailies. And it's like more, more, uh, people are consuming that content more, even though those videos are longer because they're getting, you know, like a half hour TV show type of, you know, video out of it instead of just like this two, three minute recap. And I think people love, love that content more just in general, like the Netflix, the Hulus, like those kind of things. Totally. Yeah. And I think if it, like you said, like people, if you're, if you're putting out a minute long video every single day, people might not have the time in their day to like go find that and watch it every day. But if you, if you're putting out something every couple of days or every week, um, then it's something that they can kind of like plan on on sitting there and watching. Exactly, exactly. And now you have things on YouTube like you can premiere your videos, which means like you can schedule them and then people will see in their sub boxes like when it's going to play. So that's like also something that's really helpful uh, for those of you that don't know that there's a new feature on YouTube like that that's actually useful for creators. Yeah. <laughs> everybody watches YouTube like on their TVs now and it's like YouTube is becoming a real, like it's, it's no longer just this uh, like platform where you have like random videos on like YouTube is a real uh, content like holding platform, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're completely right. I mean, now they have YouTube TV, they have, they have original YouTube shows with YouTubers in the shows. So it's like these creators have taken their platform and they've successfully merged it into a T like a television platform and a movie platform as well to compete with things like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. And it's, uh, I, I've never, I don't have YouTube premium or I don't have like YouTube TV or anything like that. But recently I've actually been asking people like, you know, when I go to like whatever the grocery store, or wherever, like, do you use like YouTube TV? And a lot of people do. And it's like surprising to me how many people actually use YouTube as like their television platform. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask, can I ask you like in that, um, so in the scenario we were just talking about, like, what would your advice be to people because I'm still trying to figure it out myself like the best way to go about presenting that to to a manager or a, or a, a record label that's asking you to do daily videos like the best way to go about making your own argument about why you oh, think yeah. it should be, it I mean, should be done differently yeah I mean I mean if you at the end of the day like you have to remind them like they hired you because they trust you as a videographer and like as a content creator. So, I mean, they've are, they're already putting a bunch of trust in you to like capture this band the way that they think 
the band should be captured and you do a good enough job at it that's why they keep asking you to do work for them so like keep that in mind like no matter what even if you like even if they like disagree with you and they're like well we're paying you so this is what we want like yeah they're they're your boss at the end of the day but just remember that like mentally like they hired you for a reason so like always keep that in your head because like you know, it's easy to get discouraged when it comes to standing up for yourself when you're creating video content for other people. Um, so just keep that in mind and like you're telling their story, blah, 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 all that. But as far as like the argument goes, as far as like dailies versus weekly, I mean, like I said, like you could just argue like from a marketing perspective, like people's attention spans have changed. I don't want to say changed, but I mean like just the way we consume content has changed now and like you can argue if it's weeklies, like you can argue things like a premiere, you know, like we can like post on, you know, YouTube, you have like your creator posts and you can post like, Hey, we have this video coming out this week. Like here's a screenshot of it or here's whatever you can post like Instagram stories on YouTube now. So there's even things like that going on. Like, so you can still do daily. Like my argument, like is if you, I don't know if you're uploading your, uh, content to like the band's Instagram or like YouTube channel. But if it's going on Instagram, like dailies are, I think they're fine there, honestly, because I mean, like I get it, like bands want like the daily photo or like the daily recap video on Instagram. I get that. But as far as YouTube goes, I don't think it needs to be as obsessive as Instagram because it's not as fleeting. I think like things like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, like your content has a very limited time to be seen to be completely frank because how many people are going to your profile versus how many people are just scrolling past on the timeline you know what I mean and like with YouTube there's less content being uploaded all the time so that you can see who you're subscribed to you can see like their content specifically in your sub box so I think that the platforms are just very different um and so it, it kind of depends on what they want, really. But I think right now, at, at this current moment in late December 2018, like, people like longer content on, on YouTube or Netflix or Hulu right now. So I think that weeklies are probably a better way to go for for artists um, for in, in this coming year in 2019. And that could change tomorrow, you know? You just don't know how how any of this is going to work. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think if, I think if you believe in your content and you believe like in your creative heart that weeklies are better than dailies, like I think a record label will understand that and they might agree with you. You know what I mean? But like I said, at the end of the day, like they're your boss, so you gotta do what they want. I want to ask about so shooting for labels, like when you're not on tour, how did you start getting that kind of work? How, who do you even approach for that? And um, talk about how labels pick their content creators, because uh, a lot of times like they they'll go with like their people, you know, like they have like their team. And like if you start shooting with a label, you're going to be shooting with that label like for a long period of time for like the foreseeable future, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um Basically, the the way that I have been able to start relationships with um, with several different record labels was through the management of the bands that I was working for. Um, so I, I unfortunately, if somebody's looking to 
just straight up build a relationship with a record label. I'm not the best person to ask about how to go about doing that. But for me, I went through um, the the bands that I was working for. Thankfully, I've I've along the way I've I've met pretty much every band that I work with. Their their managers are great, um, and they're really appreciative of. Um, of what the the ultimate vision is, I guess. Um, and so, two managers in particular, no three, yeah, um, have just uh, <clears throat> they've really liked what I've been able to do for for their bands, and um, the they basically have put me in contact with people in the marketing department or whatever they may be for for these record labels, um, and showing them that I can do um longer form content for them or like any kind of advertising that they need um like for example this uh uh i started working with this uh he's like a, a jazz trumpet player and he just came out yeah it's he's super cool um but he just came out with a new album and uh he's on universal records and so they basically his manager um is the manager for another band that i worked with uh previously and he brought me on to do this project um for the trumpet player which was creating um his name's brian and we basically created like a short video series of uh showing more of his life because he's he's into like tattoos and like vintage cars and like all this other stuff that you wouldn't really associate um you wouldn't necessarily associate with like classic jazz or whatnot um so we wanted to do a video series showing like other aspects of his life and like following him around new york and stuff um and so we did that video series together and the the man his management had the idea for it um but they brought it up to his his label um to basically actually get it funded and and get it approved and done and stuff um and so that created basically a job for me within the label and um we started we started premiering this series maybe a month and a half ago um and uh the label was just super happy with the work that i was doing and so the guy reached out to me and uh he brought up another project that we're going to start working on um and the same thing has happened with uh another band that i work for basically um i just made some i got made to or i got asked to make some like promotional materials for the for the band's uh merch and um they like what i did so they've they've continued to send me little editing jobs like here and there um and it, it's been able to keep me busy when i'm not on the road thankfully which is super cool um but it all just starts like i guess i you just have to get your foot in the door and then just do a good job with it because like you said like labels labels like to work with people who they have worked with before so i got i got very lucky um to have these relationships kind of started for me just usually through through the management of one of the bands that i was working for like uh asking them to to fund something or they're asking for a promo for this or whatnot um and so 
that that initial connection for for all the labels that I've worked with are are were started for me. But I just did. I try to do the best job that I could, and then um, just be very diligent about communicating with them and like actually having a relationship with them instead of just like you want them to know you and not just like the files that you send them you know um so just doing that and continuing to just try to try to do it give them exactly what they're looking for and and even better um i think it just kind of you just keep you just continue building their trust i guess um and that's super important and, um as long as you keep that going and, and do the best work that you you possibly can that's super important for for a label uh talk about some of your like influences some of your favorite creators out there right now um so um rory kramer is a big one um feel like that he would be on a lot of people's lists um but he's a he's a guy to me that um he he basically he he's he kind of changed i feel like i don't i don't know too much about it i haven't like researched the space as much as i should um but i feel like he kind of changed the way that like live media content was was presented to people um at least he's one of the the people that I, as far as video goes, like kind of saw his work in so many different areas, um, like presenting the story of what was going on during the day, um, basically doing what, what a lot of people do now. Um, I think he did a really good job of like bringing in a documentary style feel to these recap videos that he was making. Um, so I would definitely say say Rory Kramer for sure. Um, who else is there? I know I know like people's Instagram handles, but some not some of their names. <laughs> um, I mean, give me give me Instagram handles. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, ben versus Real World. I think that's his Instagram handle. Um, he just did. Um, he just did that tour that uh, Jay Z and Beyonce did together. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So he was he was there. I think they had several videographers, but he was their head videographer. Um, and he started. That's doing... crazy. You have a fucking production team on tour. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. God damn. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. They. I. I'm pretty sure they. How have... do I get on that crew? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and you know, like they have the most crew and all of that crew is probably getting paid. Not probably. They are getting paid like insanely well. Just absurd amount. I mean, you're like, you're like on a salary basis type of shit. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I know that they had like, they probably had like Beyonce had her own photographer. Jay-Z had his own photographer. And then there was like a band photographer. Like they had a a whole team for everything. (laughs) Um, but so, uh, ben, I just found it. Ben Haggerty, uh, his Instagram is Ben versus real world. So he was their videographer and he started doing, um, these one shots that I found to be super cool. Um, and I've seen other people do it before, but he just did a really good job of, um, basically capturing like a, a five second moment 
and almost turning it into like a gif in some way or gif however people want to say it um uh and so that was a, that was a super cool thing i think his work is great um one uh one guy that i really like his work i just met him um out on this five finger uh tour so he does he's the he does a lot of uh of like video production stuff on the side but he's he's a five finger death punches video guy now and he um he's creating like a little mini documentary series i think this this information is known i don't think i'm letting any secret out um he's basically uh he's starting to do more of like a long form uh documentary series showing um showing like five finger but showing their crew especially and like what it took to make their shows because if any of you guys have been to their shows they're insane they have you know pyro uh confetti all of this crazy stuff like it's it's a big show and so he he basically just uh started putting together this project of um of showing like what it all takes to make this happen times we'll just go to the show and see it it's all crazy and it seems like it just gets done like nothing but um i really enjoy the way that he's like capturing capturing really like genuine story moments um i know oh um so i don't remember let me look it up real quick um do you know uh nothing nowhere yeah so he's got a videographer out with him right now um their tag is 99foxbeach. That's their or their Instagram handle. Um, and I've been I've been watching his videos lately because um, they started he started like he has like a 90s video camera out with him. Um, yeah, it's like straight up uh, to recording two tape, um, and he's cutting together the like he he shoots the shows with it he shoots the behind the scenes with it he it's all shot on this like 90s tape camera um and i just think it's so cool because you don't have he doesn't have any like special effects or like crazy transitions he doesn't have anything like to fall back on to rely on to make the video super cool or whatever all he has is like this footage that is coming from this camera that's super raw and like the way that he cuts it together is really beautiful and it's just it's so like genuine because you know you can tell like if you if you do videography when you watch his videos you can tell that every shot he's taking is very planned but um to somebody coming in from uh from an outside perspective it it just seems like super super genuine um, and he does a really good job of of telling the story. Um, yeah, right. I Absolutely. think that was super unique. Um, that's really cool that he's doing something. And then like I've that. yeah, I've been trying to watch more and more documentaries because um, I think that's ultimately what I want to start heading more towards. Um, is is like longer form documentaries. So. Um, I don't know the names of the people who did these ones, but a couple of documentaries I've seen recently that I loved. One was, uh, you see Three Perfect Strangers? 
No, but I, it's on my list. Oh, it's so good. It's incredible. Um, tells, like, just an insane story. Um, and, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, just, uh, I can't think of the other documentaries I've seen recently, but um, that's a, it's a form, it's an art form that I really respect is somebody, somebody, like you said this earlier, like there's no, there's no script, but you have to create a story out of what is there, you know? So I really respect, really respect that art form and it's, um, something I'm getting more and more and more into. Okay. What is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? It's a good question. Um, let's see. This is kind of a stupid thought that I had um, at the beginning that I know is not correct now. But um, I was kind of like, after I did my first tour, um, I was kind of under the assumption that like people just keep getting uh, jobs just off of like, you know, you do a tour and then you get a next tour and then you get a next tour and it just kind of like falls into your lap. <laughs> um, but you and I you know if you've been in the industry for a long time it certainly does like if you're working with bands especially like you know if you if you're at the level like we just said where you have a retainer um you know you don't really have to worry about it but um when you're starting out and you don't have a big network built you have to like really work hard at at creating new relationships and um you know going out to shows at your local venue and shooting those shows and trying to start a relationship with with the manager of those bands even just getting in with um with the the management of the venue itself um can be really helpful because i've i've heard countless stories of people that uh became a venue photographer and then so and so band came through that venue and the photographer killed it that night. And then they ended up taking that video, that photographer out with them on the road. Um, so just like the assumption that I had when I started was that it's, it's easy to start. It's easy to get more work right off the bat. And it's really not like it gets, it gets easier. The more, uh, the more relationships you build and the more of a portfolio you build, it gets easier and easier. But at the beginning, um like you can't assume that you can do your first tour and then things are just gonna like fall into your lap after that point like you gotta keep building relationships with people and keep you know perfecting what it is that you do yeah i I definitely can understand that and you know like i've been there too like you you get done with the tour and you're like wait where nobody's hit me up like what am i supposed to do now like yeah it's 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 a job that that ends and you have to work to find that next job even while you're doing that current job like it's like you're always looking for the next job because you have to that's what freelancing is all about really yes absolutely yeah and you you have to be comfortable with um like there's reasons why we freelance and usually it's because we don't like the the 9 to 5 like being being in you know, reporting to the same person every day that you might not like, like being around people that might stress you out, like um, feeling like you're not doing something 
of value, like all those things are reasons why people start freelancing. Um, and with that, you kind of have to accept that, uh, you know, you're by doing, by being allowed, by being able to like do this thing that we love and that gives us like purpose, I guess, or like, no, uh, what's it called? Uh, not purpose, but like, it just, you're allowed to do something that you love to do. And with that, it means that you kind of are just always on the clock, you know? Um, you don't have the time to like, like when I, you know, I had, I had just a regular like office job for, for years and I would go home and try to forget about everything when I got back home and just like hated it. And it sucked waking up early and going back in and doing something that I didn't enjoy. Um, and so you do get the opportunity to just like, you know, from from 6 p.m. until 6 a.m., I, I don't have to answer my emails. I don't have to think about this project. I don't I can just shut everything off like you get that when you work that sort of job. But as a freelancer, um, you can do that stuff, but you probably shouldn't. You know, you should try to stay on top of everything <laughs> and. And just like be grateful that you get to to make your own. You're basically making your own life. You know, you get to make your own choices, and like just being grateful for that, um, and just being able to like love doing the work is very important. Yeah, like you're not you're not only uh, getting to do what you love, but like you also have to be responsible. You're also your own boss. Like you also have to pay get your own paycheck. Like that's the important thing to remember is like you can do what you love, but you got to chase that money because that's the only way we live. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah. And, and nobody's as a freelancer, nobody's going to get it for you. Like you have to go do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Any final advice and where people can find you on social media and what you're up to in 2019, what you're going to get up to. Cool. Um, I don't know if I have any more advice, but if anybody wants to uh, hit me up, I'll, I'll gladly answer any questions you have. Um, try not to ramble too much, um, but you can uh, you can reach me. My Instagram is uh, Josh D. Adams. Try to get Josh Adams, but somebody else has it. Um, and then my website. Yeah, and he's like he hasn't posted since like two thousand and five or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. it's absurd. I don't no. know what to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm dealing with a similar issue. I'm dealing with a similar issue. Really frustrating. It's terrible. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so you can find me at Josh D. Adams. Um, my website is just joshadams.net. Um. Next year, I have a I have a tour booked with uh, Census Fail, for they're doing a co-headliner with uh, the Amity Affliction for it's like January and February. Um, I'll be out there. Um, I have a few other dates, like one-off dates booked for a little later that um, I don't think have been announced yet. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, getting some things getting some things booked but i will definitely be out there at the beginning of this year if any of you guys are out there and want to want to chat or want to shoot a show or whatever you want to do cool awesome man yeah. thank you for being on the podcast I appreciate yeah thank it. you for having me
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Josh. Check him out. Check out his work. He'll be on that Census Fail Tour, like he said. Go say hi. Go ask him a question. I'm sure he'd be happy to answer it for you. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to give it a rating and give it a review. Subscribe. I'll be back with you guys next Monday at 7 a.m. PST, just in time for you to wake up and drive to work. Because, you know what, it's Monday. We don't want to go to work, but... This podcast will hopefully wake you up and help you get ready for your day. If you are in need of Adobe software, if you are a student, there are discounts for you. If you are not a student, there are still discounts for you. If you're a company and you need After Effects, there's a discount for you as well. Guys, there's a lot of links down in the description that will help you out as creators. A bunch of things I've curated and found and put together that I think will help you on your creative journey. Check out everything and uh, check out my music, Chasing Satellites. We have a new album out right now. Oh my God. We have a new album out. It is a women of the nineties tribute album called Valkyrie one. Go check it out. It has, <laughs> it is chock full of amazing, amazing covers. If you are into fearless records, punk ghost pop movement, you will dig this definitely. And you know, you can find me at K Anagonio E N A G O N I O on Twitter and Instagram, and if you want to see my photo and video work, it's no.tracers, and you can find me on YouTube at just the letter K, youtube.com slash just the letter K, or just the letter K.com. Thank you guys. Thank you for the support. I love you so much. I'll talk to you next week on Project Freelance.